That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Cedric's body was lying some 20 feet away. Some way beyond him, glinting in the starlight, lay the Triwizard Cup. Harry's wand was on the ground at Cedric's feet. The bundle of robes that Harry had thought was a baby was close by at the foot of the grave. It seemed to be stirring fretfully. Harry watched it and his scar seared with pain again. And he suddenly knew that he didn't want to see what was in those robes. He didn't want that bundle opened. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section. I guess I should start with lower energy. Respectfully, this is a very sad part of the book. Hey, welcome to the restricted section. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Somberly. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 32, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. I am, I frankly am having a hard time writing the summary for this chapter. Babes, (laughs) we all know what happens. (laughs) Harry and Cedric are transported to a cemetery, fully believing that this is still part of the tournament, and um, Cedric is killed instantly. And then Harry watches as Wormtail brings Voldemort back to life. And it's, um, it's extremely fucked. Welcome to the restricted section. (laughs) We're all very, very sad today. I'm your host, Christina. I'm okay. I'm all right. And I'm joined by my friend, Mary Peyton, who is... Probably also sad, I guess. Say hello to the listeners, Mary Peyton. Hello, listeners. I am not happy to be here. <laughs> and I'm a little happy, but still pretty sad because our special guest today is friend of the pod, Tyler Carlin from over on Bacon and Eggs. Say hello to the listeners, Tyler. Hello. I'm fucking jazzed, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the zone right now. Tyler, how the hell have you been since the last time we saw you? So last time you saw me, my wife was pregnant, just about to give birth, and I <laughs> actively left- Actively laboring. Actively laboring. I left the podcast for the birth of my, like literally, I've never done this in my entire life. I stopped the podcast recording early to go witness the birth of my son. And then uh, now my wife is pregnant um, again. Congrats again. Thank you. If she goes into labor this time, we have a major problem because she is not- Right, nearly okay. close enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad I got in early enough. Yeah, I, I know. I when you sent me the email, <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm super freaking jazzed to be here. Um also so is this number three? This is number two. Number two? Oh, I yeah. sorry. I'm not I'm not great at keeping people's kids straight. Oh no, he had another ch- kid between chi- the last sorry, time. Sorry, for children, this is number three. This is my second time in the show. 
and I'm super jazzed to talk about this chapter. Why? I think both film and book, I don't know we're talking about book, there are things in this chapter that are like the best executed things in the whole series, and there are things in this chapter that are beyond the worst thing in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like like 13 minutes on the audiobook, so it's super short, so I'm just excited to get into it. I think it is the most like economical chapter, like the most things per- happening per sentence. Per word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get to it. But first, I would love to start with a bit of owl mail. This one is from Jennifer. Jennifer writes, this one's for you, Tyler. Jennifer writes, I love your podcast. I've been binge listening since I found you like a month ago. So sad to have caught up and need to wait for new episodes now. Sad face. Anyway, I know you're friends with Tyler Carlin, but I don't know if any of you watch Super Carlin Brothers. I don't. Me neither. I just don't watch YouTube videos like as a general rule, unless it's like something super specific. But Jennifer says, I do. And I was wondering if you have any thoughts on their theory that Argus Filch is a poltergeist as a kind of anti-peeves. I'll send the link to their video about it. uh, And I'll... Me, Christina, speaking now, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, Jennifer goes on, but basically Peeves is manifested by all the breaking of rules and Filch is manifested by the need for enforcing them. I feel like maybe it doesn't explain 100% of his character, but it's real fun to think about and answers a lot of questions about why he's there to begin with, despite being a squib and, you know, hating kids. It also explains how he can sort of magically appear, though without magic, where wherever Mrs. Norris is when he she spots mischief because they're different parts of the same poltergeist. What do you think? Love y'all, Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you so much. Tyler, what do you think of this theory that your brother's created? This one's not bad. They've had some out there that I'm like, that's a bit outlandish. I don't I'm not sure I buy into <laughs> it. But this one's not bad. I like the the idea that that like there's a rit- literary reason for both peeves and filch and it's to like exist as this foil of one another i don't know if that literary metaphor translates to this desired reality if that makes sense hmm like maybe like the logistics wouldn't add up if you like looked at all the details no i think if you look at all the details like all all fan i'm gonna bust open the secret on the fan theory community right now do it all fan theories are just like ad hoc Oh, yeah. Arguments. It's just like putting band-aids over anything you can't explain. Right, but it's to, so fun. It is so fun. <laughs> it is genuinely so fun. <laughs> but that's all like all of it is. Like you could you could make a case for anything. You and I yeah. could convince ourselves that like Percy Jackson and Harry Potter are cousins within the same universe. Oh yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of evidence for that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we put it together. So I don't know. All I know is Harry Potter is in the MCU multiverse <laughs> right it's gonna happen i like that i like that theory as less of a character explanation or arc for filch and more for hogwarts as a character because mm-hmm. we talked yeah. about that a lot on the podcast that it's like a character on its own and i love that idea that like hogwarts needs these two like forces like that the, those are the two sides of hogwarts that keep yeah. it kind of neutral yeah yeah that's cool yeah, I like it as an explanation for Filch because he doesn't make sense to me because he does fucking hate children and he's doing 
the most labor intensive jobs at Hogwarts without magic. So like he's never made any yeah. sense to me. Why would the cleaning person not be able to use magic? I think so I don't think it's about being a cleaning person and needing to use magic. I think it goes back to uh Dumbledore's unwavering kindness, I think is the cell. Is that like obviously we don't need a non-magic we don't need anybody to clean this place. Like we have magic. You saw the burrow, it cleans itself and they're poor. We have magic mm -hmm. and it's cheap. I think it goes back to uh, Dumbledore extending this opportunity to Filch, extending the opportunity to Dobby, extending the opportunity to um, the squib that from five that finds Arabella them. Fig. Yeah, Miss Fig. Uh, you know, and giving them an opportunity in the wizarding world where everybody else is turning them away. Uh, I just guess that if I was giving Filch a pity job, it would be maybe like handling my paperwork yeah. or something. Well, but you got to remember, you got to remember, paperwork, please. No, I think this is kind of brilliant within the context is that like, yeah, I think we would think that, but I also think a pretty easy muggle job is like at least considered easy. I'm sure it's very difficult would be like entry level sanitation worker. Right, so, like I think, like uh, like low skills required right. for entry. Maybe um, not. But you easy. also have to remember that, like Dumbledore, while he does extend all these opportunities, like does own slaves. So his concept of like who deserves to get paid and who doesn't, like and for what, is kind of skewed. A little twisted, for sure. No, for <laughs> sure, <laughs> for sure. Good reminder there. Good reminder. Right, like he has like a yeah. lot of slaves. <laughs> we should get some slaves. Yes. Uh, but they want to be slaves. <laughs> but they're treated nicely. I think this is actually a bad criticism of the Harry Potter series. It's one thing that I think the author does a really good job with is explaining this society that exists with slaves and the difficulty for people, including the slaves, to understand how bad that is because of the generational like existence of this procedure. And also Harry, who has like existed like this for the first 11 years of his life, enters this world and he doesn't really know how to be an activist for these slaves, but Hermione, who grew up in a position of, you know, immense privilege, kind of sees mm -hmm. this and is able to be like, I mean, I think the author is giving like a white savior complex to Hermione here. For sure. But I don't think Ron not Ron and Harry not understanding Hermione's issue with it does make sense to me. It's true. And I always have to remind my I mean, not that the, any of this excuses anything ever just as like a blanket statement, but I do have to remind myself that like slavery is like different for British people who never had like in like an enslaved race, like on their Island. in their country. Yeah, like right. <laughs> on their property is like what my brain was saying. Um, so it is like uh there's a different historical context for British people, I think, in slavery. But that is not what we're here to talk about. Um, thank you so much for the email, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. And they emailed me this a long time ago. And I was like, well, you know what? Tyler Carlin's coming on the podcast. So since you gave him a shout out, I'm going to save this one. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to it. Today we're talking about Chapter 32 of Goblet of Fire, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. Um, a title that does not have an Oxford comma in it, but... My notes do. Mine that has one. What? Because oh, you have the American version. I'm reading the fucking British version. It's so stupid. That's your mistake right there. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just they, kidding. They talk, about, they talk about revising instead of studying. That's the most like mind-blowing difference to me. Oh, I've always yeah. hated that. Yeah. Revising what? <laughs> yeah. Why would you revise it if you're learning I, it? Revising so economics, weird. of course. Right. <laughs> so fucking weird. 
Yeah, so this chapter is fucking short. Tyler, I think you said the audiobook was 13 minutes. It was. Wow. I'm, I'm reading the Bloomsbury Illustrated Editions, and I think that this is the first chapter in four books where there were more illustrations than text. Um, this whole thing is painstakingly illustrated and like emphasis on the pain because it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare scape. <laughs> it is. Well, it's also like the whole thing is mainly description of what's happening and that's it. So yeah, Harry does nothing in this chapter. Yeah. He gets tied to a rock. Yeah. It's not hit, but that, I mean, that happens to him. Right. Right. Um, that's not, I, I, I fault Harry for not doing anything a lot. This is not a chapter where I fault Harry for not doing <laughs> <Right>. anything. <laughs> Um, I do fault him for being like, wow, I really wish Hagrid wouldn't do that interview with Rita Skeeter. Wish there was something I could do about it. <laughs> this is like this is like one of those instances where guys are like, hold me back, hold me back. Like, <laughs> like Harry, I picture him as someone in a bar fight who like really actually appreciates that his friends are holding him back because really well, like, the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, he does not want to be a part of it. As a reminder, at the end of the last chapter, Harry and Cedric decided to take the Triwizard Cup together. They grabbed it at the same time, and it turned out to be a port key, and it whisked them away. So at the beginning of this chapter, Harry and Cedric land in a dark, overgrown graveyard. Tyler, what would you think? Would you think that this was still the third task? Would you be afraid? Would you be curious and trying to like resolve this? What would you do? It doesn't happen in the book, but in the film, I think Cedric asks, like, do you think this is still part of the task? And I think that's actually, like, the right direction to go if this happens to you. That, like, oh, you thought the third task was uh, the maze, but it's actually what's on the other side of this maze, which is, I don't know, you have to, like, fight off a a dark wizard in a graveyard. But it's not, you know, yeah. it's like a, it looks like a paid actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially since the third task the point really was this like defense against dark arts. Like yeah, that's what he was practicing right? to get ready for the third task. And the, the whole point of the maze is to be tricky yeah. and right. confusing. So I would, I would definitely assume that it was just more of the task. Yeah. I think I mentioned in the last episode that my D and D campaign that I'm playing right now, this exact thing happened to our party where we were like doing this competition uh, and then it transported us somewhere else when we thought we won. And I, I think we still aren't sure if it's, <laughs> We're like 10 sessions in and we're still like, what? Who's, who brought us here? Is this still part of the competition? <laughs> yeah, I think I would do the exact same thing they did, which is be like, huh, well, and then die. I, guess. I do think so. You're you're reading the British version. Um, mm -hmm. They do say they think they're perhaps hundreds of miles away. Do they say kilometers in your book? Allow me to whip out my gigantic tome. These fucking also, illustrated editions. They don't think. So are there hundreds of miles in England? Can you uh, be like hundreds of miles like away from somewhere? <laughs> right. Like oh yeah, I I I've done this before. I have made this mistake before. The UK uses miles. The UK uses the imperial system. They invented the imperial system. Ah, that makes. They are sense. the imperialists. That's right. true. That makes um, sense. I, I've literally, I've made that mistake on the podcast before, and I'm pretty sure it was Mary Clay who called me out very staunchly. She would. And I was about to say, and I'll never forget it, but I did forget it. I had to reference the book. <laughs> so um, neither one of them knew that the cup was a port key. They're, they don't know what to do. Cedric <laughs> says, wands out, do you reckon? And I just. I love how he says that. I love him so much. I know. I love him so much. 
You those guys, are his last moments. Those are his last words. So in the uh, in the previous episode, you guys were talking about the fact that she like finally starts making Cedric kind of like a a real character, like adds right. more to him than just competition. Like two chapters ago, but that's <laughs> I, I think that that was on purpose because she wants his death to like hit hard, you know. Well, but here's how she you make a pain. death hit hard: is you start making him a full character two books ago. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's she was like. Okay. I'll just do it here. It'll be I, fine. <laughs> I think this is a common criticism. Not enough people complain that like Horcruxes are introduced in the last like no, eighth of I the know. series. The more I read this book series, the more obvious it becomes that she did not know what she was doing for much of it. Yeah. And then at no, the end, it's like sure. a lot of it she still didn't have fully realized because some of the fan theories that I get from listeners in our emails, it's like this is the only explanation for how any of this makes sense. Like, a couple chapters ago, our friend Ashley wrote in about how, like, she thinks that legitimacy is, like, an active skill that you cannot use passively. And, like, you can't do it without the person knowing you're doing it. And that is the only thing that explains away every single time I've shrieked, but he can read minds. Why is he doing this? He can <laughs> yeah. read minds. So I think there's so much in this book series where it's, like, uh, it's almost like she was making it up as she went along. Yeah, there are just so many different rules you'd have to make, you know, like... Well, she wasn't, like, an author... Also, does she, do, do they use she, her pronouns as Robert Galbraith? I don't know. I surely don't know. I just don't want to be rude. Uh, <laughs> right, you want to respect her. Res respect respect her them. They. I, think right. it, I, I think that it doesn't matter because she, her she uses she her pronouns as like a, a person so i don't i don't know if like robert galbraith really matters that much mm -hmm. i don't know man it's not like a drag queen persona right like i just don't know i i mean i don't know who knows uh yeah anyway. let's use they them pronouns and really piss her off that's i mean that's what i was thinking but when they i don't even know what i was talking about i'm so sorry no idea no, you were I talking didn't. about Robert that was Galbraith, worth it, though. though. That was worth it. Right <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the this. Hold on, so hold on. We're in the, gra the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to go all the way back. We're okay. all the way back. Okay. Uh, no, I have no idea what I was going to say. Okay, we're back though. So Cedric, my sweet child, underdeveloped but still great, and Harry are just kind of trying to figure it out when someone approaches. Their face is obscured by a hood. And they are holding something in a bundle, like maybe it's a baby. Like maybe that's what it is. Or Harry Harry notes, maybe it's a bundle of robes. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, just doing the washing. Right. What? I feel like that's like more, like the fact that he thinks it might be a baby in this graveyard <laughs> at night, possibly during a Triwizard task. Like, whoop. I, I would never guess that it was a baby. I don't know. I think, I think going with what we previously discussed, think about this. If the third task ends and it transports whoever the would-be champion to this graveyard to fight a dark wizard, think about this as the author. This is good. And they get there. There's a dark hooded figure carrying a baby. And then the author chimes in and says, and this reminded Harry, you know, knowing that this dark figure was his foe of how he earned that scar in the first place. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What if this... So the tasks are all related to what they learn in school, right? Like, what if this is the home ec task and they have to take care of a baby? <laughs> 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 
Okay, that's Harry great. does a piss poor job of that. <laughs> that's task. a real nightmare. Actually, does <laughs> a I real mean, nightmare. Think about this. Does Harry succeed at take care of a baby for two hours? If hold on, he gets there, the baby is a baby. He leaves full grown man. <laughs> he sends the baby to Dolan. Ah! He throws it in a cauldron, but it ends up okay. It, it ends up working out. <laughs> man. I think it makes perfect sense that he's like, that's probably a baby because what on earth could it be if not? he doesn't know that Voldemort has taken on this like weird fetal form? Like what else could it possibly be if it's being held like a baby? He's a simple boy. He is, he's but, like, that's a baby. But a young boy of 14. <laughs> Harry Scar suddenly explodes with pain. He drops his wand and collapses. I get it. And then we hear a voice and that voice says, Kill the spare. Kill the spare. Uh, and I didn't take good notes in this chapter. I wrote, I, I, I wrote, I just can't. I didn't write down and then Cedric <laughs> dies. I wrote, I just can't. Um, but Cedric does die and he is spread eagle and Harry is just like looking at him and so am I. And I'm just like, oh my God, it was too pure for this world. It's just so quick that like you spend the rest of the chapter thinking about it. Yeah. Like, even as all these things are happening and um, there's all this description that you should be paying attention to, you just, like, think about, like, did he actually die? Is he gone? Like, actually gone? Yeah, and this is this it, is a masterstroke, I think. What do you mean, masterstroke? What does that mean? This is excellent writing. Oh, I was like, it sounds like a weird sex thing. Oh, yeah, you did say this chapter has things that were done, like, incredibly well and then things that were done terribly. Yeah, I think Kill the Spare is good. I think Wands it's Out, good. Do You Reckon, is awful. Oh, I love Wands Out, Do You Reckon. I, lo- I love it, too. How dare you? <sighs> I love a simple boy with simple thoughts. Like, I do, love Hold on, hold on. There might be... There, let's dig into this Do You Reckon thing. <laughs> what is a reckoning? Um, I think uh, saying Do You Reckon means Do You Think. Is that your I guess? understand. No, I think... What is a reckoning? Like a realization. No, like a coming to Webster's Dictionary, the only one we, um, a settling of accounts or a summing up. So think about that. Ah! Cedric (laughs) asking Harry, do you reckon? Interesting. Oh, also calculating a ship's position. (laughs) That's what he's asking. That's probably what he meant, yeah. Are you able to calculate this (laughs) ship's position? Interesting. So maybe that's a master stroke too. I think that's some good fan theory. <laughs> it's got layers. I think it's just like, it's just that casual. And I think um, Robert Pattinson did, played Cedric really well, in my opinion, in the movies. Because it's like this like casual, cool guy. We need to watch can, Puffs, babe. We need to watch Puffs. But that's you can tell. Superior Cedric. But you can tell below the surface that he, like, is kind of scared of stuff, is kind of caring about other people. Like, you can tell that stuff. Yeah, and, as and if the, the yellow too, robes don't give that away. Like, <laughs> right, okay. Come on, dork. Like, how but are he, you our but, champion? You know, like, every teenage boy, not every teenage boy, but many of them, they're, like, very surface level, you know? And yeah. with Cedric, you can. At least the way it's written, you can get a little bit deeper, and and I like the the ones I'll do. You reckon is him like trying to play it cool, yeah. but being like, hey, bud, you think maybe we should like arm ourselves right now? Are but you gonna arm yourself? But he's also gonna, asking oh. Harry if he can level the accounts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it time to duel? Tyler, have you seen Puffs? Uh no, I've not seen Puffs. 
I do recommend it, obviously, because I keep bringing it up. But Puffs is a play that is all seven books slammed into two and a half hours. And it's actually wild how much more developed of a character Cedric is in that, even though it's all fucking seven books slammed into one. Right. Yeah, I just think that Rob Pattinson, if he had had a character to work with, could have done it a lot better. But he For didn't sure. have a character to work with, and now he's Batman. That This is his origin story. <laughs> I, I just watched a series of interviews he did, and my understanding, this was like pretty early in his career, too, to land this role. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You can tell, because his cheeks are so rosy. Yeah. Little baby. They really are. Mm-hmm. So Harry's kind of like in shock, which like full same. Full same. I think I would be in full body shock right now. Yeah. And also in a lot of pain at the same time. I wonder yeah. which one would be stronger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Almost yeah. maybe like the pain would like make like render you like kind of incapable of like of like really digesting what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he would even wonder if it's like a like a hallucination or something if the pain is like that bad. Yeah, it would. I feel like maybe I'm just like uh, I overthink things a lot, obviously, for sure. But um in this moment it's so it's such a different moment from what they expect it's like just like quickly transported to this other place other Mm -hmm. seemingly time other people um cedric dies i would just be like this is not happening Mm -hmm. i would absolutely be in this is definitely the third task that's a hologram cedric's (laughs) fake right cedric's been fake this whole time that's the only explanation (laughs) he is a robot diggory's not even in the book (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah So the man in the hood drags Harry toward a tombstone. It is Tom Riddle's tombstone. It's all good signs, honestly, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he gets tied to the tombstone. And finally, Harry realizes that it's Wormtail. This is Wormtail. And then Wormtail gags Harry with a black cloth. Dude, can you imagine how offensive this would be if it was the third task? (laughs) Like, Like, imagine this. Harry shows up. And, like, they're, like, it would be the same as, like, sending Anne Frank through the port key and she gets tied to Hitler's grave. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what's happening here. I don't know if that's the same. It's exactly no, the same. exactly what's happening. No, it's, ex- like, think about this. Like, Harry, like, as a wizard. Like a mortal enemy. No, not even just as a mortal enemy. Like, no, no, you be, have to face the man who committed. It would be Hitler's dad's grave. It would be Hitler's right, dad's Hitler's grave. Dad's grave. <laughs> right. Right. Totally different. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, and like you were dragged to the gravestone by like a clansman, like a in this universe, they don't like Jews. I don't really know much about what clansmen are into, but like, thank God the clansmen <laughs> and the Nazis are separated by a body of water, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, a giant snake rolls up, that's kind of that for the giant snake. Um, Wormtail, so Harry's just like watching now. He's watching this like terrible movie play out in front of him. Wormtail drags in a big cauldron, big enough for a man to sit in. That'll probably not matter. I don't know. Um, the baby in the bundle is fussing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why does that sound so messed up when you say it like that? It's fussing. Gross. I don't it's like that. I want to be Please. an evil overlord again. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I don't like it. It's like Wormtail changed my diaper. <laughs> Ew, wait. He has no, to milk sure Nagini. Oh, yeah, I know you're right. I, did. I was like, no, surely it's not eating anything and therefore not pooping anything. But no, it drinks Nagini's milk. So those are some nasty diapers Wormtail's been changing. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Evil poop. <laughs> evil. <laughs> I mean, all babies poop is evil. I mean, what did you expect? <laughs> Pumpkin juice? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. So Wormtail lights a fire under the cauldron and the contents of the cauldron start bubbling and sending out sparks and uh, entered the worst line, one of the worst lines I've ever read in my life, which is it was sending out fiery sparks as if it was on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, mm. you know, like, like fiery fire, fire. <laughs> like totally fire guys. There's a line in puffs where they're like, there was a man and he looked like Voldemort does in the movies. <laughs> and it was Voldemort. <laughs> and that's pretty much the same level of writing. This yeah. woman is not a great writer. She has some like hit sentences for sure where I'm like, that was pretty good. But like, uh, there's a lot of, it's fiery like fire. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I've been rereading the series mostly for this. And I listened to it at 2.5 X. Mm-hmm. This I've read like, I've become like a bookworm since I think the last time I went through the series. So, you know, in my life up to the last time I read the series, I'd read, I don't know, we'll say 50 good novels. And then after Mm -hmm. that, I read like, you know, 150. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So really got into books. And then I really visited the series. And like the first three don't feel like child books the same way that Percy Jackson feels like a kid's book. For sure. The fourth book does feel like a kid's book. You know how, you know why? Because they stopped editing her. And you know how I know? Because it is fucking 730 pages long. I know. And and there's a great example of unexpected paid off foreshadowing right here in this scene where they talk about uh, baby Voldemort going into the cauldron. What was Percy writing about for the ministry in reports that nobody was going to care about? <gasps> Oh my God, cauldron bottom jeans. Yeah. Oh. My well, God. how great would that have been if, like, there were so many opportunities to redeem so many characters right here? Like that happens mm-hmm. where I really want the cauldron to kind of like leak, but it works anyway, you know. And it was like, oh, I guess it was bad, but not that bad. But <laughs> <laughs> right. And then uh, I would have loved if we're about to get there, so I'm going to cut ahead a little bit, but. The read the line in the book about Wormtail chopping his hand off. Wait, can we do it when we get there? Sure, 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 sure. Okay, okay. Because Wormtail's like, it is ready, master. And then he opens up the bundle and reveals an absolute nightmare. It's child sized and shaped, but it is hairless, scaly, and raw and red. Not saying that no children are born this way, but not <laughs> many. <laughs> Not the average child. The illustration of this in the Bloomsbury Illustrated Edition is absolutely haunting. Like it is very upsetting. Oh, can we see? I want to see. Um, I yeah. You probably would you rather this. not? No, I'll hold it up. It's just like um, these pages are extremely reflective, so it often doesn't like show oh, very well. Okay, okay. Oh whoa! Oh my god! Oh, there you go. It's like a. Oh. What does that look like? Oh, that know. is not what I pictured at all. Uh-uh. So I pictured in th- this description, like the full thing, I pictured the the Voldemort that in the seventh or I guess eighth movie, you know, underneath the bench at King's Cross. Oh, yeah. Forgot about guys. that. So 
I'm like trying to make this work in a logical way. Like it would make sense that that would be the same because like the theory is that that's Voldemort's soul, right? Yeah. That is dying. That is dying. Right. The but physical like, embodiment of his fucked up soul. But like, yeah. So I guess him right now is kind of, what does that make him right now? Like the, I don't know. Have we talked it? Do they say, I don't remember if I'm just not remembering because it's been a while since I've really read them deeply, but First of all, Why we've does been he doing look this, like this podcast right for two years. We've been doing this podcast for two years. have been reading them deeply for two years. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the Dumbledore quote where he's like, oh, he was less than a ghost or like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, the logistics of this creature existing. Like going from the head on um, Squirrel. Quirrel. Quirrel. <laughs> Yes, yes. I wish I wish the listeners could have seen that because as soon as they said squirrel, I like. She made a face like like, she was a golden retriever who had just seen a squirrel. (laughs) I was like, Um, that's not right. So, but I mean, if you're trying to make this Voldemort make sense, there, I think like the reason that he comes back and he looks like a snake is because he's been feeding on Nagini's milk for so long. Stop saying Nagini's milk. I know it's there. I know it's there, but I'm just like, Try it's like the how it. do you milk an almond thing? Like, I just can't think about it. Where's the snake milk, Jacob? <laughs> um, so I think that this Voldemort has like some Nagini in him. I think that's why he's like extra jacked up and scaly with a flat face and red eyes. I think there's also a certain level of like all the different little Voldemort pieces. Like they, they're not... Like pizza slices where they're all roughly the same. I think they're more like Captain Planet where they are like individual multiracial teenagers. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> or like the Mighty Morphin <laughs> Power Rangers. You went pizza slices and I did not know where you... I didn't know you were... Pizza slices are like roughly uniform but, parts of a whole. But he's right? lacking... Oh, right, right, right. He's lacking the last element. Heart. Oh, man. He'll never know love for friendship. And you'll never know love or friendship. Don't forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Or friendship. Wormtail comes over to the baby and the baby says, pick me up, pick me up. (laughs) Up, up. And it does the grabby thing with its hands because it doesn't know how to do fine motor skills. So it goes up, up, up. And Wormtail cannot (laughs) control his facial expressions right now. And I understand. Wormtail is like, I was trying to never be a father. <laughs> oh, Wormtail's weak, pale face. Uh, wait, wait. Saw the revulsion on Wormtail's weak, pale face. I love how Harry is like judging Wormtail. Yeah. <laughs> right like, wow. What a weak bitch. <laughs> it's like, sir, you're actively imprisoned right now. <laughs> If only he could have made like eye contact with Wormtail in that moment, and Harry could have been like, "I see, I know, I see you." <laughs> you weak I'm gonna tell bitch. him. I'm gonna tell him. So Wormtail puts the baby in the cauldron, and then he starts his incantation. Mm-hmm. Blood of the father, unknowingly given, you will renew your son. Bone of the father. Oh, what did I say? Blood. Oh, it says bone in my notes. What? What? What is this? So I had the pleasure last night when I was try- I was attempting to read this chapter. Um, uh-huh. My husband read it to me instead. That's very cute of him. And it oh, yeah, adorable. it was he, wonderful. Jason is everyone's husband. And he is. 
yeah, he's the best. But he is not really a strong, not a reader. He's not one of those assholes that says, like, I don't read books. But he just doesn't. He just yeah. doesn't do it. And I sort of, like, jokingly asked him to read it to me. And he did, which was amazing. He's like, I happen to know this is the shortest chapter in the entire series. Yeah. So I would love to. <laughs> I feel like he must have known. He was like, yeah, I'll do it, babe, of course. But he did great. And then he was also just, he was a little bit, he had had some beers and also had smoked some. So he was like nice, in this perfect, perfect little giggly place. <laughs> and I want to give you guys an example of the voice he did okay. for the incantation. Okay. <clears throat> I hope I can do it right because I didn't practice. Bone of the father, <laughs> unknowingly given, you will renew your son. You know what that voice sounds like? That voice sounds like the holy hand grenade. Yes. The Monty Python. From Monty Python, yes. And the Lord did grin, and the people did feast upon the lambs, and sloths, and carp, and anchovies, and orangutans, and breakfast cereals, and fruit bats, and large... Give a bit, brother. (laughs) That's so Then thou shalt count to three. No (laughs) more, no less. Three is the number thou shalt count. Okay, sorry. Thou shalt count no more than three. <laughs> Five is right out. That's my favorite. Five is right That's out. That's my favorite one. So, so uh. the grave under Harry like cracks and some bone dust rises out of it and goes into the cauldron. Mary Payton, will you please uh, read the next line of the incantation? Oh, I would be glad to. <clears throat> Flesh of the servant. Willingly given, you will revive your master. Okay, so Tyler, what did you want to talk about fifteen minutes ago about the uh, the old the old cutteroo? There is a golden foreshadowing redemption opportunity for Wormtail in this part of the incantation. What? If the blood of the servant is not loyally given, then the potion will fail, is how I read this. So think about the nuance of Wormtail's character. If like he comes in and he gets scared and in a bad moment, he sells out Harry's parents. And then by the end of the series, it is he, not Snape, the actual like child bully. But right. it is he, Wormtail, who was loyal to Ron for 13 years, stayed around in the Weasley family because he cared about them. And then ends up as this sort of double agent trying to redeem himself because of the terrible thing he did to the Potters. And mm-hmm. he gives the blood and, and he is genuinely dead scared and kind of unsure about his decision at this point. But he's doing it to show loyalty, but he later turns on that loyalty. So it was never true loyalty, right? And that mm-hmm. ends up being like the linchpin key to kill Voldemort is... Wormtail assisting Harry and getting that redemption at the end, as opposed to giving it to Snape, who, like, Lily didn't even like. I can't even begin to speak about Snape. <laughs> but if, like, Wormtail becomes, you know, Padfoot, Prongs, Mooney, and Wormtail, like... Wormtail is if the, so much better push, set up for redemption and backstory. And people always push this stupid narrative that the uh the the parents the what do they call the marauders would have been like this mm-hmm. great sub story and there's all this fan fiction out there about it i'm sorry if you don't redeem wormtail there's no easy way to tell that story you're right about that mm-hmm. you are right about that yeah his redemption in the, he he gets like the smallest of redemptions in the end wormtail doesn't it is 
not satisfying in the slightest. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm fully with you. I think Wormtail would make a much better redemption arc than Snape. Snape doesn't even get a redemption arc. He's just shitty, 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 shitty. Here, I'm obsessed with your mom. <laughs> it's exactly what God, he sucks. Dude, he sucks. I have a bonus episode planned for, and I kid you not, I'm pretty sure spring 2025. <laughs> Good God. Um, when wow. We, when we get to like the the end of fucking Deathly Hallows and we're going, we're doing a series of episodes. One of them is Snape, good or bad? Bad. He's bad. Snape bad. No, I know. There's a <laughs> lot of people who wish to argue that side. I need people who are, will fervently argue the opposite side. I know they're out there. Hey, Mary Payton, what's up? What's up? What's up, girl? <laughs> So yeah, join our uh, Patreon between now and spring of 2025 if you want to listen to that. Go ahead and just join because it might take a while for it to like hook up really, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wormtail cuts off his own hand with a scream. I guess he's not so willing after all if it hurt that bad. I just, can you, it would be hard no, to cut through your It must be a wrist. magical knife. There's no world in which this is not a magical knife. It's like the subtle knife. A knife. If in the hands of the right person could cut the very fabric that joins worlds. And then he uses that magical knife to stab Voldemort with the hand Voldemort gave him. And as <gasps> Voldemort dies, that hand vanishes and Wormtail lives the rest of his life, not just missing one finger, but his entire left hand. Wow. But regaining the friendship. Regaining the friendship of Harry Potter. And then the, Harry, the true betrayal was the friends we made along the way. Right, and then and then the, Harry names his kids something other than Albus Severus. Fucking Peter, name your kid Peter. Peter, the please the the Marauder redeemed. Albus Wormtail Severus. Maybe I'll do a bonus episode where we just judge everyone's names in this fucking series because some are it. so good and some are so bad. There's, some are so bad, but you gotta remember this is a book for children. I didn't it's realize true. it so much until I did that last reread, and these are for babies. I know, but you can't name a child Albus Severus. <laughs> you could a hundred. Well, yeah, no, no not I, now. I, I, in fact, forbid it. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you're a celebrity. I feel like all their names are like that. You would be canceled so fast if you named your child Albus Severus. Well, now you would because of the whole politics of the situation. Right. But right. Outside of the politics, Gwyneth Paltrow named her kid Apple, so yeah. I, you can kind of do whatever you want. <laughs> um, Mary Payton, will you please read the last line of the incantation? Oh, yes, of course. <clears throat> but blood of the enemy, forcibly taken, you will resurrect your foe. I'm pretty sure you're like blowing out our, our fucking audio right now. Yeah, I'm really so, hoping that I'm, I'm really so hoping you can edit it. that quieter. <laughs> Is that it, possible? <laughs> I, I'm, it, I always edit everything. Um, okay. <laughs> it's going to be really loud and dramatic, but I'm fucking excited about it. Okay. Sorry to our listeners um, with more sensitive ears. <laughs> no, there's a lot of magic that gets done where it, it doesn't it doesn't really get louder. Than, it, okay. It's, you know, okay. It's but also, if you have sensitive ears, what's <laughs> up, loser? <laughs> <laughs> Wish you had better ears, nerd. <laughs> oh, it's... Shout out to our friend Taylor, who has terrible ears. <laughs> Can you even hear these taunts? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> she's used to it. Um, no, she's a little hard of hearing, so the sp screaming will probably help her. <laughs> there we go. So Wormtail approaches Harry, and he 
gives him a little poke in the crook of his arm with a sharp blade and takes some blood and puts it into a... Does your book say vile with a V? Yeah. Okay. Mine says file with a PH, and that really pissed oh. me off. <laughs> Fucking British people. Wow. I've never seen that word. I mean, I know it's British, but I've never seen that. I know. This book is a weird hybrid of American and British. Like, it's truly a hybrid, and it's very upsetting to me because it's like, I can't... If, if I'm just reading a British book, like, whatever. But this one's, like, in the middle. It's so stupid. Hmm. So he takes the blood from the file... And he puts it into the cauldron, and then he's his work is done. Wormtail collapses, whimpering. Classic Wormtail shit. The cauldron is simmering, sparking, roiling, blindingly bright. It, it kind of reaches this, like, crescendo. And then it all ceases, and it billows steam. Out of the steam stands a man, a naked man, to be specific. And he asks for a robe. Wormtail... With his one hand, pulls the robes over the man's head. The man steps out of the cauldron, and Harry can see him clearly. Lord Voldemort had risen again. The end. The end. <laughs> what if What if it was like a man... Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Picture this line. A man stood out of the cauldron, naked. <laughs> and Harry noticed that Lord Voldemort... Had a reason again. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say Lord Voldemort has a micro penis and that's what keeps Harry going. <laughs> Lord Voldemort. Snake's not helping you, bro. <laughs> or he has a snake penis. What about that? Oh. That's too much. Is Voldemort. I don't know. Harry knows. Is Voldemort circumcised? <laughs> Harry does know. I don't know that Harry was like maybe thinking to look for that. In you this would moment. notice immediately <laughs> if that was the third task. If you were still like, maybe this is still it. Oh my god! <laughs> and you see a, an uncircumcised grown man right in front of you. You notice that immediately. See, and like this is what tells me that you two were the right people to bring on this episode because the second Lord Voldemort rises again, we're already at back at dick jokes. <laughs> we're already back at dick jokes, right where I wanted to be. <laughs> it's it's our comfort spot, you know. In a terrible chapter like this, we need to go back to our comfort jokes. Always, it's, it's three chapters yeah. later, and Harry gets teleported back to the, to the game. Rather than he's back, he's circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> he's like doing his like when uh, Barty Crouch, Mad Eye Moody is like, "What happened then? What did he look like?" Harry's like, "I don't know. Oh, I don't know. He was circumcised." <laughs> what did his face look like? I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't I have know. no idea. I only saw one eye. I- <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, great. How are we feeling, Kang? How are we feeling, Tyler? I think Mad Eye would have done the same thing with his special eye. <laughs> uh, this is a, a trip of an episode. There's some, like I said, there's some good stuff. I like my Do You Reckon theory. I think now I like that line. I talked myself into it. It has layers. It has layers. It's like layers. an ogre. It's, it's, it's like, I know that we will cringe that we all thought, I'm sure you guys were good readers. But when The Fault in Our Stars came out and John Green was like, wrote in Augustus Waters to be like, it's a metaphor, see? 
You put the thing that does the killing right between your teeth. But you never give it the power to kill you. And it ended up being like the lamest line of the generation. Sold me to the 110th degree. Huh. <laughs> I actually never read that book, so I don't have any I don't have any experience for that. Oh man. Those are books I did read before I was a reader. Oh, good for you. The only one I read was Looking for Alaska, and that ruined my life, and I never wanted to go back. Yeah, that was a rough one. It was a rough one. You yeah. know why? Because I saw myself in her. Oh, no. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. She so, has self-destructive tendencies. You never want to see yourself in the YA love interest. I always girl. do. You know why? Because nope. I'm kind a little bit of a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> I used to be hotter, and then I was more of the dream girl, but now I'm just the manic pixie, and it's uh, it's not working girl, well for me. Please, you are a dream girl. For if you sure. can only pick one of or two of those four, which do you pick? Personally, I think I'm manic. Are dream. you counting girl as a separate one? Yeah, manic yeah. pixie dream and girl. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really I, the only fair way to do this. I think I would go pixie girl. You would go pixie girl. I think I would go pixie manic girl. dream. Manic dream. Oh my god, we're opposites. Together, we make a manic pixie dream girl. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Mary Payton? That's beautiful. I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to pick one now. Okay. <laughs> She's she's a pixie dream. <laughs> okay, guys, focus. Uh, Mary Payton, how do you feel? Great I question. I feel a lot better than I thought I would at this point. I feel like we like really giggled our way around. Oh, no. Now I have to say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cedric's death. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cedric, good riddance as far as I'm concerned. We need We need less Hufflepuffs in the workforce. Okay, first of oh, all. Oh, my okay. God. First of all, we're team players. Okay, Muscle we're great are the ones teamwork. who run the union, okay? Oh, my God. I'm the only one who's willing to get on Zoom. More Gryffindor CEOs is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> no. No. And as a Slytherin, I will say there we do not need more Slytherin superior. That's, whatever I mean, that's blind it. ambition, Supervisor. though, right? Like... I want to be in middle management, and I don't know why. That's blind ambition. <laughs> That's Gryffindorish. Tyler, do you remember reading this chapter for the first time in like the resolution of this book? I actually do. This was, as a kid, this was the first chapter in a book. I remember very specifically when this happened. I was in my grandparents' house. It was like Christmas time, and I was in my mom's childhood bedroom. And this happened, and this was the first book ever that I like went to my mom and I was like, hey, can I turn a lamp on so that I can keep reading? And I read like, not the rest of the book that night, but I read like, I can, like, it was so gripping. This was books can take you on an absolute freaking ride. And this for a long time was like my favorite moment in the Potter series. And four was my favorite book. Although looking back, four is by far the worst book. We don't need to get into that right now. Hmm. Wow, you really undermined everything you said at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> I think this book is gripping and easy to read, and that's why I liked it for so long. But like, I think the author had so many fail failures in this book. Yeah, I agree. Mary Payton, do you remember reading this for the first time? Yes, I do. Um, this one was my favorite book for a long time because of how gripping it is at the end um, and how dark. That's just the kind of kid I was. Although mm-hmm. this came out when I was... Uh, was it middle school or high school? I think it was high school, actually. So anyways, I like literally remember. I, like, I remember what the walls looked like in my room that night when I was reading it, because it was I read it overnight. 
and I had school the next day and I knew that if I if my mom found out I was still awake reading I would get in big trouble so I had to like be really quiet obviously and it was like scary you know I was in a room uh, my house I have um three siblings and then my mom and so a house full of people who were sleeping which somehow is always creepier than just yeah and just like being like oh my god I have to read one more chapter I have to do one more chapter because you're you're in the thick of it for a while. I mean, the starting the the last chapter, of the third task is the first domino mm-hmm. in, in like this. What do you call that? Like a, like a fall down domino thing? What do you call that thing? Yeah. In, in the series oh. of dominoes. Yeah, the series of fall down dominoes that takes you to the end of the book. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's one of the first because I did read and love a lot of books before this, obviously, but like. This was one of the first that was so gripping for so long, like a, such a big chunk at the end. I think it actually uh, has still has influence on the way that I read books now, which is I really don't like to read into sort of the last of it and then have to pause for any reason. Yeah. Like I'll try sure. to make my if I have to pause, I'll try to stop before the last chunk. Yeah, I, I usually do the final 100 page binge. Mm-hmm. It's like Ooh, I, I clear great. my schedule for the next four hours. I don't. Have I feel kids. like a lot of I feel like a lot of readers. I you know because now we have Bookstagram and BookTok and all that stuff. So yeah. you get to find out how other readers do it, and I feel like a lot of other readers do it that way too, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think this was the first book that sort of made me realize like that's the way to do it. Yeah. So yeah. So I think what I'm hearing is these few chapters were formative for us at about the same time and in a lot the same way the Da Vinci Code changed our moms. Okay, first of all, I was also reading the Da Vinci Code at this time. I'm literally Mm. taking the Da Vinci Code on a vacation I'm going on tomorrow, okay? Dan Brown is my... uh, I can't tell if Tyler's frozen or just so done with me right now. I think think he's frozen. Can it be both? (laughs) Oh, there you are. He's back. back. I'm back. I'm sorry. I don't know. What about Dan Brown? I think this is like the same way... Yeah, the Da Vinci Code changed our moms in that like... You can have a gripping and thrilling and fun ride of a book that you can't mm-hmm. book down, put down. And as a as a twelve year old and as a forty year old woman in two thousand five, like sold. You can have that. That's okay. Yeah. And but as a thirty year old in twenty twenty two, it's like you can have that, but it's not really okay because this is a awful book. Yeah, I mean. It can it can be so fun and not good. That's like something that yes. I've really ha- been coming to terms with as an adult. It's like it can be so fun and not good. I'm I've been watching all of Nick Cage's movies. That's my goal in 2022 is to watch all of Nick Cage's movies. And let me fucking tell you, something can be so fun and not good. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. <laughs> I personally have no memory of reading any of these books, so let's move on. Really? Yeah, I don't remember. I remember like the feeling of like all of them. Like I remember the feeling of being at the end of a Harry Potter book, but I don't, I don't specifically remember reading this. Mm. Yeah. I don't have a, a great memory for this kind of stuff. I've read a lot of books. I know you have two Mary Payton, but like I've read so many fucking books. They just all kind of, I mean, together. Uh, but I, I, I feel like now that I think about it, it's yes. I remember this one because it was so it was different different and so enthralling to me at the time but i don't you know i don't remember where i was when i read all of them i remember yeah. where i was when i when dumbledore died where um, were you when dumbledore died? i, I yeah. remember i remember the first time my dad read sorcerer's stone to us like i have a very vivid memory Aww. of that 
That's awesome. Um, cool if your dad. I'm going to hit up my dad and ask him why the fuck he never read Harry Potter to me. It's because he doesn't love you. Straight up. He'll tell, he'll he'll tell, tell you to shut up. He told me. It's because he doesn't like fiction. That's <laughs> what I'm going to tell myself. I remember where I was. And then I remember where I was reading this. But like, I actually, I remember seeing Prisoner of Azkaban and remembering nothing about the book. Oh, interesting. I, well, like, I even remember. I, I, I have a very specific memory. I was watching it with my friend Nolan. And it was when Peter up, Pettigrew Nolan? shows up. <laughs> He's a lawyer now. It was when Peter Pettigrew cool, shows up on him. the um, Marauders map. I yeah. specifically remember him saying, "Think about it. What would walk like that?" And like, God, I I also remember being like, <laughs> "No idea. What could it be?" <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. That's very funny. Cool. Well, let's move on to some plugs. I would love to start by plugging our Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become part of our Discord community, which is a very fun place to be. For our $5 a month tier, you get access to our monthly bonus episodes. Um, On April's bonus episode, and actually May's bonus episode as well, because it turned into a two-parter, we're doing a very, very, very deep dive into the life of Tom Marvolo Riddle in a Behind the Magical Bastards two-parter hosted by our friend Andrew. That one's extremely cool. Features my best friend, Anna, who has never been on this show before because she doesn't give a shit about Harry Potter. So please uh, join us on our Patreon for that. The link is in the show notes. Tyler, where can people find you on the internet? They actually straight up cannot right now. (laughs) You you, you do a podcast, though. (laughs) I do do a podcast. We're actually on a brief hiatus, the first we've ever taken, and it started this week. So Good for you. I'm very proud of you. I just life got crazy. I'm off social media. I'm off the podcast, but typically you can find me anywhere uh, you do social media. So Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, those are the three that I focus on at Ty Carlin 11, or you can listen to my podcast, Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday, always, uh, except for the next like three weeks. Um, but it's, <laughs> I'm very proud of you for taking a break. It's important. It is important. And so much of like what was foundational to Bacon and Eggs and like the way that we went the route with the network, which that's a whole other conversation. But it was like focused on like, you cannot take time off from this ever. Like this, really? like, if you want to be serious about this and continue doing it, you need to, because this is what worked for Ethan and I early on. And I'm glad we did it this way. But like the idea was like for the rest of your life, you need to find three hours on a Tuesday night with your best friend. Like that is time that under no circumstances can be taken. Wow. How long have you been doing it? Five a years. A long time. A fucking long wow. time. There is wow. a back catalog. So there is even a though ton they're on, of episodes. Even though they're on a break, you can fucking catch up. It'll you take can, you a couple <laughs> years. And it's fun. It's good. It's The show's gone through a lot of iterations. There's no one place you need to start. I would not recommend starting at the beginning. Uh, what I do is I go through and I'm like, what movies do I give a shit about? You know? Boom. And that works. You don't have yeah. to watch the movie that we're talking about. Nine times out of ten, the conversation shifts about 40% into just, you know. Yeah, y'all talk about a lot. Dudes that have a podcast. Y'all talk for <laughs> longer than the movie about the movie. Yeah, we, we've done that before, too. We, it's a fun show. <laughs> it is quite fun. Tyler, what is something you've been uh, in your cool break time watching, playing, reading, listening to lately that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy? Um, I know he's a little bit canceled right now, but in my mind, if you're going to read banned books, then you can read from the author of this series and uh, from Brandon Sanderson. I've been reading the Mistborn series. This wait, is... hold on. Wait, real quick. Why is he canceled? Yeah. Listen, I'm not entirely sure I understand. He did the okay, Kickstarter. 
he did the Kickstarter or whatever to raise money to release these four books he wrote in quarantine. Are you familiar with this part of the story? Yes, I, yeah. Okay, well, for the listener who may not be, Brandon Sanderson is a fantasy author. He's the most successful living fantasy author. He For sure, and he did a Kickstarter. He did a Kickstarter to, Absolutely he wrote bonkers. four books in secret during quarantine, which was like unbelievable. Each of his books are like a thousand pages. And he did this Kickstarter, and people, I guess, are like mad that he didn't go through tour. I don't really know why they're upset. I don't have a problem with Brandon Sanderson. I think people are probably mad because like Kickstarters are supposed to be for like smaller people who are trying to make something happen. But like I personally, as like someone who works in publishing, have no hate for someone using their audience in this way. Uh, yeah. You know so I, mean? I again, I don't know the whole nuance of the situation, but I've been reading the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. I read it for the first time last year and I'm rereading it right now. And it is genuinely the most fun I've had on a reread since you know i was 20 years old and read ready player one or harry potter fuck yeah i've been i'm going on vacation tomorrow and i've been agonizing over if i should take the da vinci code and reread it or if i should take mistborn and read it for the first time you should read mistborn okay the first go around like any fantasy series i would say at about 30 percent in is when you kind of start clicking gears and understanding it yeah. But the first go around, you're going to focus on two or three characters. The second go around, it is so deep. It is so rich. There's so cool. much good stuff there. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for the recommendation. Mary Peyton, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me at <laughs> CrookMP, I think. Yeah, that is, it's your handle. Yeah, that's it. Okay, great. Where? On um, what platforms? <laughs> it's on both of them. On Instagram and Twitter, technically, but I don't really do anything on Twitter. Every single time. Every single time I ask you where they can find you on the internet, you're like, find me on Twitter, but I don't really post there. Well, do you want me to lie? No, but I do want you to log on and like all the stuff I've posted over the last month. All right, I will. I will. <laughs> what have you been reading, watching, playing, listening to lately that you think that our listeners would enjoy? I'm going to talk about a book that I have already plugged, but it was a while ago, Christina. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Um. Because the only thing I've been watching is Yellowstone, and I do not want to talk about that because I'm not into it, okay. and I feel like a lot of people are. It just makes me mad. All right, so nip it at the bud. <laughs> so I've been rereading because Christina read it recently. I've been rereading Among Others. Yeah, by Joe Walton. Very great book. Yeah, it's just like there's so many elements to this book. It's like magical realism, which is one of my favorite genres. I, I, like, especially when it's done well, when an author can create this real, actual world, but there's possibly magical elements to it. Love it. There's also, like, Irish and English kind of lore to it. It's Welsh. Um, it's so Welsh. Oh, Welsh. Yes. I've never read anything so Welsh in my life. <laughs> and, you know, there's just, like, elements of the kind of books that I loved as a kid, which is, like, orphan with a, a dark, mysterious, well, not kind of orphan with dark, mysterious past, goes to live with, like, creepy aunts and a father that is, like, weird and business-like <laughs> and Sexually all these things. Her. Goes to a boarding school, um, you know, and just, like, lives through books. And and there's so much magic, so much... Uh, uh, there's Found so much to it. Yeah, it's kind but of it's hard like, to describe it. Like, defies genre. It, like, defines time. Yeah. There's a lot of love of sci-fi in here. If you love books, you'll love this book. And she, the author described it as a love letter to books. And it really does hit that without being just sentimental. Um, yeah. it, it's it's just such a beautiful story. And I highly recommend it. It's also exciting, too. It's not just like a boring love story to books. It's just, it's, it's so cool. good. Yeah. The whole time you're like, is this bitch going to die? Is she like 
wrapped up in some really weird magic shit that's gonna she's fucking kill so, her. She's so funny too and she's so like cool. mellow. Yeah. She's like, I mean, and she's a uh, differently abled. She walks with a cane. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, very cool book. Yeah. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. My link trees in the show notes. This week, I'm gonna plug the book Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manansala, which is a very fun little mystery. Um, it's not scary at all, but it is a murder mystery. <laughs> Um, set in the main character's family's Filipino restaurant. Uh, it's fucking, it's just a, a very fun. I read it in, in 24 hours. It was super easy to read. Um, a fun, cute little YA mystery. If that's Does it all jam. take place in the restaurant? Or your, or the murder takes place in the restaurant? The murder happens in the restaurant. Okay. No, she she's allowed to leave the restaurant. Okay. okay. <laughs> Either way, it sounds great. But. Yeah, so I, I, I do recommend that one. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to your baby for not being born during the recording. Super glad about that. My other kids yeah. do need to go to bed, though. So <laughs> We are out of here. And Mary Payton, as always, thank you for being my trusty co-pilot. No problem. I love it. All right, gang. I got to go finish reading How to Recorporealize Yourself on a Budget Before This Book Murders My Favorite Son. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Restricted Section is stoked to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring some excellent other podcasts such as Fandom's Gone Wrong, a podcast where Carrie and Charlie, a mother and kid duo, talk about movies, TV shows, and books they both love, and it will probably devolve into friendly arguments. Hello, you awesome nerds out there. Yes, you. Have I got the podcast for you. We've got pop culture, swearing, and all the immature jokes you could ask for. We'll take you on a journey through TV shows, movies, books, and maybe a video game someday. And we'll tell you how they all went wrong. I'm Charlie. And I'm Carrie. And this is Fandoms Gone Wrong. New episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. The Restricted Section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Um, okay, so like I think that we're just gonna go for a balance of like uh uh <laughs> like I don't want to be like so irreverent that it's tactless, but I do also want to keep the conversation like pretty lighthearted. I don't that's why you guys are here, because I think that you guys are the right people to do this. You don't wanna talk about like what are we even on this planet for if someone can die as fast as Cedric? Right. Not that. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> All right. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.